How many happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Let us stand. Amen. Let's sing a little bit of above all. Amen. Above all power, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man. Before the world began, above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world ever known, above all and treasures of the earth there's no way to measure what you're worth crucified lay behind the stone you live to die Rejected and low like rose, trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me. Above all, sing crucified, if you come you took the fall and thought of me above all brother luther if you come see Rejected it all like 
thought of me above all. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you that you took that fall. Where would I be? Oh, but because of your grace, your mercy, your love, your righteousness, Father. I can look at myself and I don't see anything worthy. But I look at you, the most worthy one that paid all that was needed to be paid. Bless you people today. Touch every single heart, Father. Help us that we leave here better than when we came in. Pray that you would bless the tithes, the offerings. Thank you for the bounty that you give us, Lord. We'll humble ourselves before you as a group, Father. Come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you said you would be there in our midst. We thank you for that. Thank you for the victory over all things, Father. I love you. I praise you. I love you, people. Bless each one, I pray, in Jesus' Christ's name. Amen. Let's sing a little bit of wish together again. Amen. How many happy to be together? Amen. Amen. In one accord. Amen. We're together again. Just praising the Lord. We're together again.
give the Lord another hand, amen. Appreciate the Lord, amen. We bless every day, amen. Amen. How many appreciate the Lord, amen? You may be seated. Amen. Sister Sarah, if you come and give us a song this morning, amen. Amen. Let's get her a hand, amen. And Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness, over every enemy. I speak Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name, Oh 
shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy I speak Jesus over my family I speak the holy name Jesus oh Jesus Jesus shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy I speak Jesus over my family I speak the holy name Jesus Cause your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every darkness You shine through the shadows You burn like a fire And I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within His presence I speak Jesus Amen. I mean, appreciate the Lord. Amen. So this next brother, amen, is pretty special to me. Amen. I've been asking him to stay on standby and get ready, get ready. So let's give a good hand to Brother Gideon this morning. Amen. You all can stand. Can I just get off our way? Can I get the first verse? Some glad morning. Some glad morning when this life is over. I wait to a land where God rests your shores. I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory.
can I get that song Shalom up? The, if you can find it? Okay. Um, we can turn on a song wherever I go. You can give me the word for that. Steve and Brother Aaron are going to help me on this. Oh, 
There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see it afar And the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by We shall sing on that beautiful shore The melodious songs of the blessed And our spirits shall sorrow no more Oh, not a sigh
you here, amen, a rainy Sunday. That's a little unusual for us. The uh, weather usually makes our Sundays sunny days, amen. But we, uh, <clears throat> farmers need the rain, amen. And so um, we praise the Lord in all things. Praise God. Happy to, amen, have Brother Tony's parents still with us. Brother and Sister Smith, happy to have them here with us. And um, we keep threatening to keep them, and, and uh, they just keep staying. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So uh, we're happy in the Lord, and uh, I was looking for uh, Brother George's uh, mom and dad. Are they still here? Wave at me, somebody. Shoot a flare. They... Oh, okay. No worries. No worries. Praise the Lord. We're happy to be have a stream up today. We didn't have it at first. That's why our Sunday school, we had no nothing. Everything was down, and, and so I sure appreciate the team working they were as soon as I come in they were working and our Sunday school teacher for today was right in the big middle of it working so I wasn't interrupting amen but I appreciate all the help and the team I think we have one of the best teams around and one of the best bands in the message and singers and worshipers and people preaching ain't half bad amen praise the Lord amen God bless you young man sister happy to have y'all here today with us Amen. Gideon, that was amazing. You surprised, Papa. I didn't know that was going to happen. I was trying to race out here. I got so nervous. I'm about to go out without my jacket. I've turned around. And then I ran back out. I was almost ready to come in and have my microphone on. I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Amen. So uh, that was good. Brother Tony said he, I think he was nervous. I said, yes, Daddy was. First time you ever did that, too. Amen. But you did a good job, Brother Gideon. Poor guy. Had to walk, walk to church. Amen. <laughs> I'd be nervous too. Amen. Praise God. I don't see uh, any other visitors. There's a number of prayer requests we're going to get to um, as we read our text. And there's um, a number of people, um, families out of town uh, traveling. We want to be remembering um, Brother Jason DeMars and his family still uh, dealing with that situation up there should be home later on in the week. Brother Jason sent us a text yesterday into the minister's chat saying he was very tired and uh, just taking the brunt of all that on and trying to navigate for his dad. And uh, it was unexpected and shock, unexpected passing. Brother Joe's also uh, still away dealing uh, with the situation there, his mom passing away. You want to be in prayer, please, for Sister Debbie's mom. Um, she just seems to be you know, fading and fading, but hey, the Lord could still, I mean, the rapture could still come before I get finished. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So we're not counting anything out. We're trusting the Lord. What we want is, um, is for everything to go peacefully, you know, the, uh, according to the will of the Lord. Amen. And let's just be praying for a number of families out of town and even some out of the country. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sister Rebecca Ask if we could pray over a prayer cloth. And I'm going to do that now because I am so bad to forget it at the end. Amen. And if my ministry team, the brothers who are here today, could just step forward. Sister Beck, why don't you come on up and receive this and pray with us. Amen. She says, um, could uh, like to ask prayer. Uh, this is for Ray Reddington. Uh, I pray over a prayer cloth that I can send. He's a close family member that has to have a heart ablation again. Many health issues and most of all needs the Lord Jesus. Amen. I think that that's always the, the greatest need ever. Amen. Amen. But you know what you want to realize is, is that the same atonement, the exact same atonement, 
that saves your soul, heals your body. Salvation, salvation is just healing of the soul. And so it's all the same covenant that was made. Sister Beck, your hand go right on top of that, brother, sister. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we've seen such wonderful, miraculous things come about even so recently. Our heart is filled with faith, Lord, as we send forth this prayer cloth. According to the book of Acts, Lord, they've taken these items from the body of St. Paul. And Lord, when it was laid on the people, demons fled and sick were healed, Lord. And so we're not St. Paul, Father, but we are still your family with the same commission. So we commit it to you. Now let it be that when this prayer call comes to it, Lord, that he'll see his need of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing so, he'll receive divine healing into his body. Commit it to you in Jesus. All right, we're going to, um, um, while you're just still seated, let me read this and then we'll stand you up and get to our scripture. Um, they can go ahead and put that up. Um, Brother Brad, we're going to go to Genesis 39, I believe. Uh, this is from um, Brother Dave and Sister Sharon and family. Uh, for all of you wonderful people at Bethel Tabernacle, we are so grateful for all you did for us with the memorial service that you remember for Sister Jan, that was Sister Sharon's sister. For all of us with the memorial service, they, the food was delicious and we appreciate all the hard work and expense that went into it. The fellowship was so uh, uplifting and it was nice to meet new people too. You're all a treasure. God bless you, Dave, Sharon, and family. Amen. That's from them. So praise the Lord. We want to... <coughs> You know, continue the Lord to strengthen the family and amen. Through the trials of life, there's many, aren't there? Yeah. Amen. But the Lord gives us victory in all of them. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand to our feet and turn to Genesis 39. Now, I'm going to read the whole chapter, so I won't leave you standing. We'll just catch the first maybe two verses and then we'll let you be seated. But keep your Bibles open and keep it on the screen so we can finish out the chapter. <clears throat> amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, sure enough, Sister Phyllis, I'll catch that when I pray over the uh, over the reading. That's right. I remember that, Tom. All right, Sister Emily, we've got this one as well. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So I've got a kind of a quirky little title this morning, and. Uh, Again, I've been uh, hijacked from getting my back to my series and uh, not even going to apologize. I'm just going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. A couple of mornings ago, I was sitting up in my 5 a.m. chair and I opened up my daily devotional collection of readings that I read from and I never got past the first four words of the very first one because as soon as I read the first four, four or five words, all of a sudden, this whole sermon just just came like that. And every day, I keep adding and adding and adding. And then in the fella in the back hall in the back office, I was still adding. So I know it's for it has helped me. I know it. I believe it'll help you. Amen. But we're going to, we're going to minister today with the Lord's help on a title: Joseph and Jesus Go to Prison. All right, Joseph and Jesus Go to Prison. Genesis 39. 
And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him uh, of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord, I want you to notice how many times you're going to read these words right here. And the Lord was with Joseph. All right, so now maybe you're getting a little angle of my title already. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Let's bow our heads. Father, you know the request that we have before you. We're praying for our families traveling. We're praying for some of our ministry team away, Lord, dealing with family issues. We're asking for strength for them, Lord. Keep our family, our traveling family safe, Lord. Bring them back to us at your perfect appointed hour. We think of uh, Sister Linda Tester just now, Lord, still on this side, Lord. But, uh, Lord, the, the beautiful part is that I have known her uh, so long in my life, and I can say today she can never die. Lord, she has eternal life, and I thank you for that. Now, we ask for your special grace for her, Lord, during this time. Father, you could lift her up again. It wouldn't. Father, she could carry right on. We're not going to limit the God of Israel by any means. But, Lord, we just put her in your hands, Master. We pray for Sally Duke, Lord, a request coming in. Lord, the asking prayer for Sam, who's having stomach issues. Only uh, seven, uh, th this, is, this has been about for seven months. And also for Sister Jeannie and also for Susie, our sister Phyllis's sister. Lord, we've been uh, privileged to talk to her and, and witness to her a little bit and pray with her. And so, Father, our sister headed out to California to visit with her. I pray you'll be with Sister Phyllis, Lord, on the flight going and coming. Lord, may she just continue to shine a light, Lord, and, and drive out all darkness and fear. We, we commit these things to you now with the reading of the word, Lord, and the audience that's present. We ask your blessing on it all in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> and let's continue reading. Verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hands. And he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master wotteth not what, what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 
And it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Now, I just want you to catch that. Joseph understood what it took to overcome temptation. He, he wouldn't have anything to do with her. He wouldn't hang out with her. He wouldn't even stay around her. He actually avoided her, see? So, so overcoming is not rocket science. Joseph is showing you how to overcome even before the Holy Ghost was even given. See, so if you keep finding yourself stumbling at the same old, uh, you know, stepping in the same hole, then, hey, get a different path. Go a different way, all right? So let's carry on. And it came to pass about the time, uh, um, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, see? And he, it was a surprise to Joseph. She caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment out of her hand and fled and got him out. He literally just ran out of his, let his coat go and took off, see? And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth that she called unto the men of her house and spake to them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. It's funny, at his trial, none of the, nobody testified they heard screaming. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in uh, unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in prison. Did you just read that? And he was there where? And the Lord. But the Lord was with Joseph. All right? And showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So, you know, when we, when we come to Joseph, we are coming to kind of a conclusion, thank you, Brother Tony, uh, of God is now establishing his kingdom in the earth. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Joseph. And you find that the whole plan of redemption is wrapped up in those, in those men. And so this is the Christ line, the Christ seed line that was going to eventually lead to the son of God sitting on the throne in the millennium. And so, you know, you can see how that to get to Joseph, he first had to get to Abraham and he first then had to get to Isaac and then he he had to get to Jacob and he had to deal with Jacob and Jacob, you know, Brother Brown talks about how that you really, boy, you really got to believe in the grace of God to include Jacob 
and the seed line of Christ. But he was not just a, a fit in or a squeeze in. He was a direct, in the direct line. You couldn't get to Joseph without going through Jacob. And God doesn't try to. God, God didn't need to set anything aside to get to you. God was able to find you. It didn't matter where you were, under what condition, how you had been born, what your family, what your past, what your ups and downs and failures had been, that God knew you and ordained you before the foundation of the world. So God then has, as we've been, you know, if I, if I was on my series today, I'd carry on, you know, with talking about, you know, how that God is continually unveiling himself and unfolding himself. And even you find that if you, it, when you see in Genesis 32, we didn't read it today, but he's going to let Jacob know that you're no longer going to be called Jacob. You're going to be called Israel. So, so what had brought that about? And now this was a very important thing because Jacob was just about to re-enter the, the promised land. He had, he, had, he had to go out of it. Because of his carnal shenanigans, he had to leave and run. And he gets way off down, you know, with a father-in-law. And gets, he's, he's cheating and getting cheated. He's crooking people and getting crooked. He's lying and being lied to. And so, but yet he's the seed line of Christ. But now he's got to come back full circle. He knows he can't stay out there. Oh, I think about that day that I knew I couldn't stay out there any longer. I couldn't keep being me. I had to move back into the promised land where I was always supposed to be. God changed Jacob's name to Israel because Jacob had acknowledged God as the source of life. And, you know, oh, if the Lord, if the Lord couldn't be his life, then Jacob didn't want to go on. He didn't want to cross over. He didn't want to go face the music. He didn't want to, he said, I won't let you go. In other words, I'll die right here on this side. I won't go forward. I'm not going to try to, to, to join a church. I'm not going to just try to say a catechism. I'm not just going to try to turn over a new leaf. i got to have a whole new life. And so he's about to re-enter the promised land and the Lord had acknowledged him as his servant by changing his name. And, and you see, as I, as I was saying last Wednesday, how that Jehovah, you know, he, the Bible talks in the Genesis, we read it, how that God did this and God did that. But then finally, as he advances and now he's got a family, then it switches to the Lord God. And then we, we see Satan coming to Eve and he, re, he waters it down and goes back to saying, God. In other words, he's trying to point to an understanding of a previous hour with its limitations and he's not willing to go on and he's trying to get Eve to regress back and not go on with the message. Oh, I'm here to tell you don't regress. Don't back up. Go forward. So we find then that you know, he he, 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 he alters and takes on new names. He said that to Abraham in Genesis 17. We're not taking the time to read any of this today, but he said to Abraham, he said to Abraham in Genesis 17, 5, I'll read it here, neither shall thy name be anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. Now, God had a reason for that. He doesn't do things without a purpose. And here's the purpose. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And so now, now Abram has got to have a name advancement. He's got to have a, 
something else moving forward. He's going to go forward and he's going to get acknowledged by God and God's going to give him that name before the family's ever on the earth. It's not even materialized yet and he's already calling him by what God knows he's coming to. I'm here to tell you something, friends. Once Abraham got that name, he was unstoppable. He was unkillable. He couldn't die. Nothing could happen until this thing went forward. I I know the world is falling apart and I know sin is on every hand, but you've been called as the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we went from going to be we went from going where we were called church and now we're called bride. It's the exact same thing. The name change was a further development in the interaction. You know, the, the interaction between God and man in his, in his plan of redemption. And that's exactly why. It's not poetic license for a prophet in this day to say, I'm not going to call you church anymore. I'm going to call you bride. That had significance. That was, that was God testifying through his servant that something has advanced, that this isn't any longer just in the ages, that now we're coming to a, a transition because we're, we were never building a, a wall. We're building a building. We're building the tabernacle of the living God's dwelling place. And, that, and as we rise up, we've got to come in harmony with the capstone so that it can come down and invisibly unite a bride. Hallelujah. That's why we could never be settled with creeds and dogmas of man. That's why it would never work because that stuff can't go forward. It gets, it, it gets fixed, it stagnates, and you can see that in history, but I'm glad for a living word in this hour, friends. So even in the transition of Jacob, and this is all relevant to, get, I'm gonna get to Joseph in a second. It's all relevant because in that in that Jacob slash Israel, the, the nation of Israel actually gets its name because it needs a, a name to fit how God sees it. Amen. Israel was going to very much act like Jacob, but God was going to see them as Israel. They were very much going to be a failure, but God was going to see royalty. Oh, my I'm so glad. I'm so glad today that he sees me as failure, but he sees me as royalty. God's not, God doesn't turn a blind eye, you know, to our our ups and downs. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we go. But there's a covenant that God made. God had already made the covenant with Abraham and nothing that Isaac did or Jacob did or Joseph did, nothing could stop that covenant. Two persons went to prison that day, Joseph and the Lord. The Bible says it. You read it with me. The Lord was with him. It didn't say the, you know, the Lord thought about him. It didn't just say the Lord was mindful of him. Joseph went to prison. The Lord was mindful of him. It said the Lord was with him. It said it again. The Lord was with him. It said it again. But, his, the, but the Lord God was with him. And the evidence that God was with him was that everything he touched was blessed. Joseph could, literally could do no wrong because that's now, now you're understanding why Peter said that, that if, if your faith and your virtue and your temperance, your meekness and brotherly kindness and godliness and all these things, if you can get them to abound, 
If you can daily die out and daily be in contact with the Lord, if you can press toward the mark, you, you'll actually get to where you'll never be barren nor unfruitful. And in fact is you'll get to a place where you'll never fall. I'm not saying we won't still be human and in our weaknesses, but I'm here to say your faith in God's word will never fall. It'll, no, I don't care what happens to you. You can't stop going forward. It'll keep moving you forward. Joseph kept going forward. I mean, look, by the time he goes to prison, a lot has already happened to him. We're going to talk about it. We see ourselves in this story. So two persons went to prison that day, Joseph and the Lord. Now, I want to point out to you that on the very first day, on their very, on their very first day behind bars, they were very much alike. In, in many ways, but one particular way. Neither one deserved it. They were very much alike in that both had been done wrong. Both had been done pretty severely wrong. Solomon gives us a way to, to kind of read between the lines and surmise unwritten background and unwritten emotions and thoughts and feelings in the scripture where we, we read about God interacting with his family and we can, we can kind of know. It doesn't always have to be written. You know, the Bible doesn't always have to describe what, what someone was thinking, what evil people were thinking in a certain situation. Do you, do you know how I can already know what was going on in their minds? Because I can see what it is today. Man doesn't change. And so Solomon gives us this way because mankind doesn't change. And Solomon would say that what is has, all, has been already and what has been will be again. And there is nothing new under the sun. So, so I can see things in the past and surmise the future by what I see now. Does that sound fair? I, I know what was going through Abraham's mind when he's, God gives him a promise and he's trying to fight the internal, you know, here I am this age. I mean, Sarah tripped up on that. Me, an old woman. How many, I mean, come on. You know, she's getting a, an unconditional covenant and it's almost just too impossible. I'm here to tell you, can't we relate to that today? To say, but, but you just don't understand. I've had too many failures and I got too many problems and you just don't know what I, what's happened to me. It doesn't matter. He knows. I know the battle Sarah was facing. I know why she stumbled. I've stumbled. I, I've said it can't be. It's too beautiful. It's too wonderful. It can't possibly be me. And it is. I know what it means for Abraham to have that dogged faith that every year that it kept going, his faith got stronger. I've had those same kind of victories where I just became dogged about it and I just would not let it go. It's God's promise and I'm going to have it. And in fact, as I already have it and I'm going to start thanking God for it and because whether it comes now or whether it comes in a year from now, it's already done. So he says, you know, the, this, this ability to see the intentions of man, this is, you know, I, 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 this is very helpful in accepting, you know, natural and obvious things. And you're going to need to, I need to say that to you today because we're going 
we're going to surmise some things of what Joseph, no doubt, went through. Because Joseph's no different than you and me. Don't make him some super saint that never had a problem. All right? Because the Bible says there's none good, not one. Not one. They're all an open sore. They're all just, uh, it's, it's almost like a grave. See, there's only one good and that's God. See, and there's only one perfect and that was Christ. Amen. So I'll give, you, I'll give you more scripture to help you with that so that you can, you can appreciate some of the surmising we're going to do this morning. And it's necessary to understand you know, some things that would have been naturally obvious. You know, to me, when I, when I look at the lives and I see Joseph and Jesus going to prison together, and I, I can see them on that first day being very much alike, that they both had been done wrong. Neither one of them deserved it. But, but you know, they wouldn't be as much alike as, they, as the days went on. They wouldn't be as much alike as they had been on that first day. Differences are going to appear and they're going to be apparent to us as mortal human beings. I'm not going to have a text to read you to say Joseph was afraid or doubted or had anxiety or worried about this or worried about that. But I, I do have scripture to say that there's nothing new under the sun and what has been will be and is now. I do have scripture to say there's none good, not one. I do have scripture to say we all have our ups and downs. Elijah was a man of like passions. Paul confesses to fightings and fears. We'll see here in a minute. So I don't want you, I, wanna, I just want to let you know that these that what I'm going to say is not just me presuming, see. So, it, you know, it's one thing uh, if you suffer, you know, and God comes down and explains it to you. You know, kind of like he did Paul. When Paul had his affliction and, and uh, Paul, God didn't explain everything to Paul. You know, Brother Bram said, God don't tell his prophets everything. The prophets don't tell the people everything. But, but when you... And this whole humanity side of it is what, I, is what has came so clear to me as I've said to you in my series the, where I want to, you remember we took the caribou and the bear and, and the, the humanness of the interaction. This wasn't divine heavenly beings causing something to happen. This was two men walking, believing in a vision. And, you know, he's there in the woods with the squirrels and he, he, he's hearing a voice and it's, it's stressful. And it's, he's anxious and he's afraid. Amen? So I, I want you just to understand the Bible is about real life. And it's about a real God who knows what you're going through and has a way to help you. You don't want to think of it as so antiseptic that, I mean, look, Brother Brown would make a statement, shocks me to this day. The Lord helped me to understand it some years ago but it's still an astonishing statement. He says, Jesus Christ is in every verse of the Bible. And he says, and if you can't read him in every verse in the Bible, go back and read it. You missed it. Now, when I go back in here, I can read a lot of glorious things and I say, yeah, that's easy. But what about when I get to the heinous, unspeakable things that you don't even, you don't even hardly want to read it? Uh, of, of terrible sins and terrible failures and heinous crimes against humanity and against God's word. You say, how is Jesus 
in those verses. But you have to realize, you said, because you're, you're going to say like me. But he never did any of those things. And I said that to the Lord one time. I said, Lord, I don't see how he's in those verses because you, you, never, you never did those things. And the Holy Spirit just come right down on me and said, yes, but you did. And I took your sin upon myself and I, I let you go scot-free. He who knew no sin became sin and took on the sin of the whole world and died under the judgment of sin and went to hell so that you and I would never have to go. I'm glad it couldn't hold him. So sometimes when God comes down and explains things to us, you know, like he did Paul when he had this terrible trial and he kept praying for deliverance and God would deliver him and then Satan bring it back on him and he'd pray again and God deliver him again. Satan bring it back on him again. That can happen. You're in a, a body that's dying. And, and uh, God healed him again. And, and then Satan brought it a third time. And Paul goes back. Let's pray again. And finally after the third time, he hasn't quite learned the lesson. And so now God in his mercy is just going to say, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, Paul, I know what you're going through. I'm responsible for it. And when Paul realized, well, he said, well, okay. Now that I know that, well, I'll gladly endure it. Now that I know it, it's, it's his hand allowing the enemy to do it so that my life can bring him glory. And that was a wonderful thing, but sometimes God don't always do that. God didn't explain anything to Joseph. See, and as I said, don't imagine however much a saint of God and filled with his spirit that you are, you know, you're, you're still a human. Yes, amen. And Joseph is still a human. You see, by day two, one of these convicts naturally didn't want to be there. Can you agree? Amen. It was all so unfair. I mean, after all, what had Joseph done? But tried to be honest and decent and moral, and he committed his whole life from a teenage boy to serving the living God. What had he done but humbly served even his Egyptian master? See, sir. I mean, I want you to. I want you to absorb that just for a minute. He literally was faithfully had served people who purchased him from a slave trader. Who, per, who had purchased him from people he loved who sold him into slavery. His own blood who had hated him without a cause. As Brother Branham says, Joseph couldn't help that he was spiritual. He couldn't help that, that God had placed his hand on his life and made him see visions and dreams and what had he done but been loyal to God all his life from his youth? Amen. So I'm sure you can understand when I say that by day two, one of these two guys didn't want to be there anymore. But the other one wanted to be right there in prison. And he wanted Joseph to be there. If he didn't, 
Joseph wouldn't have been there. Can you say amen to that? The other one wanted to be right there. And he wanted Joseph there. If it wasn't true, Joseph wouldn't have been there. Listen, friends, Satan doesn't get to make decisions about you. Satan does not get to decide my life. My life and my times are in the hands of God alone who is my father. And even when I've strayed away and even if it's my fault, I still belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. I have no dealings with Lucifer. I don't need a treaty with him. I don't need an armistice. I want to destroy him. I want to stand for Almighty God. If I stray, then my heavenly Father will mete out my correction. If I'm going the wrong way, it will be my heavenly Father who chooses the course and the path that brings me back. I'm not here today to give credit to Lucifer at all. We do not live by the mercies of Lucifer. We live by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. David one time was given the choice to roll the dice with men or fall into the hands of God who loved him and might I say who couldn't stop loving him. Oh my. No matter the level of his guilt and may I say that level was pretty epic. Come on. That level was wow. But yet God couldn't stop loving him. Why? Because David was the seed line of Christ. Oh, and he said, I'll fall into the, into the arms of the Lord. And he said, because he has often been merciful. He wouldn't roll the dice with men. He wouldn't roll the dice with his own strength. He said, let me fall into the hands of God, for he has oftentimes been merciful. Oh, I want to tell you today, fall into the hands of the Lord. He's your redeemer. Choose Christ. Choose Christ. Don't try to fix it yourself. Choose the Lord. And I don't know, I can't stand here today. If, if God is going to put you on a path and you're going to accept it today and say, Lord, I'm off the path. And today, I'm hearing this sermon and I, today I'm, I'm going to decide that I want you to put me back on the path. I don't know what all that will entail, but I do know you'll get restored. Yes. Oh my, in a world of such uncertainty and so many confusing voices. I think that's one thing we can know for sure. He knows how to redeem you from sin and failure. He knows how to repair your life. He knows how to fix all the broken pieces. Oh, thank God. Thank God. By day two, one wanted to be out of prison rather desperately. But the other one wanted very much to stay right where they were. Want to guess which one was which? <laughs> Little doubt, friends, that over those 10 long years, that was real. He didn't go into prison for 30 days. Over these 10 long years, I can tell you that one of these prisoners awoke many a morning in bewilderment and despair. So how do you know? Because I do, you do. David did, Moses did, Elijah did, Brother Branham did, Paul did. Because remember, God's not even telling him what it's about. God hasn't explained one thing to him since the day he got thrown in a hole. Left to die. 
hasn't explained one thing to him. So little doubt, there's little doubt in my mind that one of these, one of these brethren, because you're his brother, you know, one of them woke many a morning in bewilderment and despair. But I would say to you that for every, but also for every one of those 10 years, the other was in perfect control of his thoughts, perfect control of his feelings. At all times, he was never rattled by anything. Amen. You see, the same former prisoner later in the Gospels walked on humbly when they spit in his face and pulled his beard and smote him in Pilate's judgment hall. This same former prisoner would show this same kind of control and faith in his father here in prison with Joseph. He's in prison with Joseph. And he's, he's never... He's never out of the way. God's not ready to burn anybody up. He's, how dare you throw my servant in prison? No, actually, God arranged it. And God went in with him on day one. And you can see that he was with him because of all the blessings and the, and the authority that they kept putting on Joseph, see? So, so this same former prisoner walked on humbly as Brother Bram said, and is your life worthy of the gospel? Oh, just remember, Jesus humbled himself to death for you. I was sharing this with a good friend the other day. We were weeping and rejoicing over it. He was not fussy. When they spit in his face, he didn't spit back. When they pulled his beard out, he didn't pull it theirs. When they slapped him on one side of the face, the other, he never slapped them. He prayed for them, walked on humbly. He was an example of humility. He was full of faith. Why? He knowed his words couldn't fail. See, and so now you can hear prophets saying that there's, there's nothing to give you such prevailing power as a revelation of who you are. Amen. See, he was full of faith. Why? He knowed his words couldn't fail. He so lived by the word till he became the word. Yeah. Say, he became the word? Yeah, he, he, he became the manifestation. He was the word made flesh. He was always Isaiah's prophecy come to pass. That's not the point the prophet is making. But Peter even stands up on the day of Pentecost and when they ask him about it, he says, you with wicked hands crucified the Lord of glory. I know you did it. You're under misinterpreted theology. Your leaders told you wrong. But don't, it's okay. Don't, 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 don't faint because it wasn't possible that the grave could hold him because David had said he'll not suffer his holy one to see corruption. He won't leave his soul in hell. Neither will he suffer him to see corruption. And he said, I'm here to tell you that that same Jesus whom you crucified, catch the language, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. So he so lived by the word every day of his life until he became the word. That's, the, that's your pilgrimage. He went ahead of you to show you how to do it, to show you how to obey the voice of the Father, to show you how to stay in prayer, to show you how to be a humble life and a humble Christian. And God will honor that. Amen. And, you, and as you live, you're becoming the word. You're gonna become it so much, you're gonna leave the earth. Gravity will lose its hold on you. Amen. Oh God, he says, I love this, this statement. Oh God, let me hold mine. I'm gonna raise up mine. Let me hold my both hands to God before this audience. Let me live like that. How many could say that today? Well, with a prophet, raise up both hands and say, oh God, let me live like that. Let, listen now, let this word so become 
that me and this word is the same thing. Let my words be his word. Let my the meditation of my heart, let, let him be on my heart, on my mind. Tie his commandments upon the post of my intelligence. Tie them upon the post of my heart. Let me just see him. When temptation rises, let me see Christ. When things goes wrong, do they? Do they? When things goes wrong, let me just see him. When I get ready and the enemy try to make me get angry, let me see Jesus. What would he do? He was so much in the word till him and the word became the self-same thing. One of these prisoners very often didn't understand the purpose of God and all the suffering and confinement but the other one had a perfect understanding of all things from the beginning. He understood everything before they ever went into prison together. This one had been perfectly willing to stand aside and watch his loyal servant be double-crossed by his own family and thrown into a pit to die. Of course, God was never going to let them kill him. That was the purpose of their heart, but God puts a ring in the nose of emperors and leads them around. Remember, he's not just the God of good men. He's the God of all men. Amen. See, So their purpose was to kill him. Of course, God was never going to allow them to kill him, though that's what they intended. God was, God was going to keep him alive. Listen, God was going to keep him alive. You know why? So he could double-cross him and let him be put in prison. So another master. He, he steps aside and lets his family throw him in a hole. And then he lets them sell him to Ishmaelites. And then he, he puts him in Potiphar's house. And then, and then Satan brings in a temptation, which Joseph is triumphant over. And is victorious. And then a lie is told and now he's in question and Lord defend me. The Lord just steps aside. You're going into prison, Joseph. But I haven't done anything wrong. Don't be worried. Don't worry. I'll be with you. I have a purpose in this. I know what I'm doing. Your life is in my hands. I've got a vision of you. I'm working it out. Oh, friends, I'm going to tell you something today. I don't know whether I want to cry or whether I want to shout. I think I want to do all of the above. And I, I just say, Lord God, reign over my life and reign over my heart and take over my everything. I don't want nothing. I don't want to be in control of nothing. My, he literally steps aside and lets him get double-crossed again and thrown into a, an Egyptian dungeon. My, made his, his hole in the ground look like, look like a, 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 nice law, a nice resort. You say, oh, I feel so sorry for Joseph. Um, I'd imagine you don't feel half as much sorrow as that brother did. We can sit here today in, a, in our nice clothes and a nice building with air conditioning and public address system and everything working. And this was a, and we're, we're all just a bunch of stinkers. And here comes a young man from his youth who had only ever been loyal to God. And prophet says even in the Bible, you can't even find nothing against him, one little scratch. 
where he tried to get his daddy to use guile and kind of tell what they call a little white lie to Pharaoh. And God protected his, his father and it, it, when they called him in, it ended up being his brethren and his daddy didn't really have to say anything. And, and, and the brothers said, oh, we're, we're shepherds because Joseph hadn't told them not to say that because God wanted Pharaoh to know they were shepherds. And Joseph told his daddy, now his daddy's under pressure. And so God says, that's easy. I'll just step you aside, step in the brothers. No, they, they didn't get the memo. <laughs> what do you do for a living? We're, she- we're shepherds. <laughs> I'm here to tell you something. God knows how to direct you. God knows how to direct you. Oh, my. Oh, my, all this pity. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. All that pity is going to turn to rejoicing one day when Joseph ascends to the throne to the right hand of Pharaoh. And then, and then, he's, a, and then, he, and then he's able to turn around and save those double-crossing Egyptians and save his double-crossing brothers. And it all turned out to the glory of God. Oh my, one of these two prisoners often didn't understand the purpose in all the sufferings and the confinement, as I said to you already, but the other one had a perfect understanding before they ever went in. Do you want to guess which one is which? Why is it important, Brother Jason? Because you need to resolve today that wherever you go and whatever happens, he's promised to be with you always. I want to say to you today, you're not alone in that trial. You're not alone in that pain. He walks beside you during the day. He stands by your bedside and watches you sleep. You're never alone. He said, I'll be with you even in you. I'll never leave you. One of these prisoners had to figure it out day by day as he went along. His cellmate knew the end from the beginning. For 10 long years, one couldn't leave. No matter how hard he tried. And for 10 long years, the other could leave anytime he wanted to. But he never wanted to. Hallelujah. All those years, he could just leave, but he never wanted to leave. Oh, hallelujah. Now, let me give you some evidence. James 5, 17. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Brother Bram comes in this message in numerous places, get the people to believe. Elijah, listen to this now. Elijah was not an angel. He was a man. And he had his ups and downs and his troubles like we do. And he had his passions. The Bible said he was a man with like passions, subject to like passions as we are. He was just as apt. I hope you take some comfort in this today. He was just as apt to make a mistake as you or I am. He's just as apt to do something wrong as you or I am. And not just Elijah, David before him. In thinking on our way. You know, David, I'm told at the time of the writing of this psalm that he had been in trouble. See, Saul was plotting against him to try to kill him, had his house staked out. And David was just a man like all of us that he had his ups and downs and his differences, and he had been very much in trouble. You know, ups and downs are the most prevalent when, when you're living in the outer court. Brother Branham deals with that in the message, Supernatural. 
and he said, where he uses that same term, ups and downs. He says, as long as you're walking around out there in, the, in just the outer court, there's where your ups and downs are going to knock you out every day. That's what the holy of holy, that's what the most holy place was given for so you could come beyond the veil into the Shekinah glory so that you could stay on top of your ups and downs. You're gonna have them because this body's always gonna be sticky. It's gotta be changed. Hallelujah, I'm glad it's gonna be changed. God has not promised to go through life, any believer to go through without troubles. But he has promised grace sufficient to take care of these troubles. That's what thrills my heart is to know that his grace is sufficient. Can you believe that? Because to know that his grace is sufficient, you've got to suffer it. You might even be in the middle of suffering it to know that. And Brother Branham is talking about you and I or himself in the middle of, of hard, hot, heavy trials, and yet he says, here's what thrills my heart. Oh, I wish I could feel a thrill in my heart. The trial I'm in, I wish a thrill could come to my heart. Here's your thrill. His grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. All of our depths and troubles and frustrations. Boy, Google hates that word. My goodness, Word hates it. Microsoft hates it. They want to change it. To, but I like Kentucky. He says, and frustrations. I got them. All of our depths and troubles and frustrations, they're not shallow. They're pretty deep. Yet God has promised to see us through. That's just as much as we could ask him, knowing that he knows the road. As Joshua said to Israel, you have not traveled this way before. We haven't traveled it, so he knows the way and can point it out. He says, I can just see David. You still, you're good? He says, I can just see David. His house was being watched. Saul and his army was watching his house to kill him. Now watch this. I can see David nervously wringing his hands. David, who killed Goliath? Who killed a lion and a bear? Yeah. Now he's walking through the house, nervously wringing his hands. Glad a prophet could see things. And walking back and forth and to and fro through his room, looking out the windows and watching every little move in the bush. For he didn't know. here's, here's Here's his anxiety. He didn't know what at any time that an arrow might whistle through the air right into his own bosom. And you're dead. And, and, and I mean, he's, he's a man like Paul who confessed in 2 Corinthians 7, 5, for when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. I'm here to tell you, no matter how saintly a person might be, there's fightings without and fears within, and we might nervously wring our hands, but my joy is in the Lord, and that I've had a, I have a covenant promise upon my life. And it was then that these words came to David. As I thought on my ways, I turned my feet to thy testimony. See, there's where his anxiety was really coming from. There's why it was breaking through. Because David, had his feet hadn't been following the Lord too closely. And he had allowed a lot of carnality and a lot of weakness to enter his life. And now he wasn't sure if God still had his back anymore. God did. David was still a seed line of Christ. See, so so he says it's. He says, I, I, I as I, I thought on my ways, I turned my feet to thy testimony. That's a great remedy, friends. 
That's a great remedy for fear and anxiety. You're not given the spirit of fear. Put your hope in the Lord. You're going to have a hard time doing that if your life's full of carnality. Amen. Three amens. <laughs> You're going to have a hard time trusting God. You know, say, so, well, I'm trusting him fine. Wait till the temperature goes up. Wait till it keeps going when you thought you'd have been out of it by now. You're going to have a hard time trusting the Lord if your feet are walked away from the Lord or even turned out of the path. He says it's usually when a man is in trouble is when he goes to thinking about God. It's too bad that we have to wait to get in trouble before we think about him. And, you know, David before Elijah... Uh, Elijah before Paul, David before Elijah, Moses before David. At thy word, Moses was a prophet. God made him a prophet and God trusted Moses because he was born to be a prophet. God foreordained that. And when he told Abraham he'd, he'd bring his people out, I believe Moses was ordained then. I never saw that because the Bible says he was born a proper child. So God had actually already ordained Moses when he gave the promise to Abraham. You can see now why, friends. Oh, you, you didn't become a son or daughter of God the day you repented. You found out you always had been. See? So he says he, he was born a proper child. He had his ups and downs. Now we're, we're, we're at Paul, we're at Elijah, we're at David, we're at Moses. He had his ups and downs. But in the wilderness, God told Moses, go speak to the rock and it'll bring forth water. Instead of Moses speaking to the rock, he smote the rock. Now catch this, and that was one time, one time, this is a one-off, that was one time that God's complete program was broken. I've always felt sorry for Moses that he didn't get to cross over with the people. You have to understand that what he'd done, I mean, you know, because he says Christ was only smitten once, we don't smite him anymore, we speak to him. No servant of God, think about this. Man, that seems like a harsh punishment for Moses. But understand that there had never been a servant of God who had ever been loved, chosen, and trusted with so much who had ever fallen so far. No wonder he had to wait to cross over into the promised land. This is a one-off time where a man that's more anointed, gifted, chosen, and the presence of God and more supernatural in his life than anybody. And yet he commits the greatest Sin, he literally, what he done was completely break the entire program of God in redemption. So no wonder he had to wait. Of course, he eventually did because he's spotted with Jesus on Mount Transfiguration along with Elijah who also had his ups and downs. He says, because remember, one time that's, that God's complete program was broken. So Moses, so Paul, so we got Moses, we got David, we got Elijah, we got Paul and all of them all of them with their ups and downs, but with all of them and with all of their ups and downs, yet they were irreversibly chosen by God. Irreversibly. It could never be taken back. Nothing could ever break that covenant that God made to Abraham. Hallelujah. Even with all of their weaknesses, it could never snap that covenant. Oh, can you rejoice this morning because a mighty angel came down and he had a rainbow on his head because he was a covenant angel. John had seen him as a white-wigged one because it's the day of the Lord. It's not the day of God in the new heavens. It's the day of the Lord. It's judgment. And John had seen him as a white-wigged one because he's coming 
bringing judgment, but he's also got a rainbow on his head because he's got grace for his family. Hallelujah. A time of the day of the Lord, the judgments of the world, but grace, grace, grace unto the people. Let's finish up with our prisoners. Just like Elijah and David and Moses and all men who ever lived for 10 years, one of these convicts had his ups and downs every day of his imprisonment. But for every one of those same 10 years, the other one was always up. He never had ups and downs. Every day, one of them had ups and downs. And for every one of those days, one of them only had up. He was always steady. He was always faithful. You want to guess which one was which? You say, well, Brother Jason, it's pretty easy because you keep repeating the same order. Well, what if I flip the pattern and reverse the order of the two cellmates? It would go something like this. For 10 years, one was always certain. And for 10 years, the other was certain of him. <sighs> That's me, friends. For 10 years, I'm, not un I'm uncertain, but he's very certain. But I'm very certain of him. For, for all my life, I've got my ups and downs, but he's got ups. He's only got ups. And the more I get in touch with him, the upper I go. The more, the higher, the higher. Until one of these days, I'm going to go up and never come back down. Hallelujah. Oh, my. I, I, I can still tell which one is which. I'll bet you can too. I'll bet you can. I'll bet you can. I'll bet you can tell which one is always certain. Hallelujah. Oh, I thought about that old song. This house of flesh is but a prison. Bars of bone hold my soul. But the doors of clay are going to burst wide open. Hallelujah. Musicians, Brother Tony, bring your team back. Hey, man, everybody just stay seated. Stay right where you are. Come on back, musicians. Don't run out on me. I want to make a few closing comments. I want you to just bow your heads with me. Sister Ruth, where he leads me, I will follow. With all heads bowed and hearts bowed this morning, it's not lost on me that this has been a rather unusual sermon. It wasn't lost on me as I studied it. But I, I think that I have passed the test to verify it to you in the scriptures. I think I've certainly given you enough indications in the Bible. And I've given you verse after verse and quote after quote. This is your life, friends. Sometimes we find ourselves exactly like Joseph. We all love the part about Joseph on the throne and Joseph in redemption, but what about, what about what it took to make Joseph those things? I want the world to see a path to life in my life. When I meet people 
on this journey, I'm quite sure they see that I have my ups and downs. But I want to make sure I introduce them to my friend who doesn't have any of that. I may not always seem very certain, friends, but let me introduce you to my fellow prisoner. Do you know him? Do you know my fellow prisoner? Do you know him at this level? Not just, not just know about him. Listen to this, young people. Keep your heads bowed now. Not just knowing about him, but do you know him? I mean, I, I get that you know about him. You were raised to know about him. But not just know about him, but do you know him? Do you know him in the power of his resurrection? What about it, adults? What about it, single? What about it, married? Men, women, boys and girls? Do you talk to him in the evening as you lay down to sleep? Do you greet him in the morning's light? I thought about that as I was making my last and final notes this morning hurriedly in the back. That's the last line I wrote. But I said, Lord, I've known you in the power of your resurrection. I got my ups and downs. I'm often frustrated and wearied. I'm oftentimes finding myself in the weeds because I didn't follow your word exactly. But I can see in this story today of Joseph that there were two men in that prison and one of them never had any of these issues. If you want to know him today in a real and living way, maybe you say, I've already known him, but maybe you'd be like me today and say, I'd like to do like Brother Brandon, raise up both my hands and say, I want to know him more. If you've never known him, raise up a hand. If, you've, if you want to know him more, raise up a hand. If you can identify with what you've heard in the scriptures today and what, and what you've seen in the quotes of the prophet, if you can identify, then say, Lord God, oh, be my companion in this life. Let me, let me speak to you every evening as I close my eyes. Let me greet you every morning. May you be the center of my life, oh God. Father, honest hearts, hands everywhere. This sermon dropped out of the heavens on me, Lord, several mornings ago. It was unexpected. And I just simply read a prophet saying, God was with Joseph. And it all just just opened up. And as I sit there, another line and another line and another line and another line. And I I sit there for hours as as the daylight came up, Lord, and the house began to stir. I was still writing. I know, Father, that you love us and You have this word, not only those people in this building today, but those listening across the airwaves, those who might catch it at a later archive, it'll still be just as living and alive to them at that moment. I want to have that testimony, Lord God, of the song that we're playing right now, where he leads me, I'll follow. That's my desire. For every day of my life, Lord, let me walk hand in hand. Someday... Someday I'll I'll ascend to the throne with you and I'll be seated with you on your throne. Oh, Lamb of God, hasten that day. But until then, until then, until that hour comes, for whatever else I have to walk and go through, Lord, then this will be my prayer. Let's stand and sing it.
consecration to him today where he leads me I will follow I'll go with him with him oh if the Lord's dealing with your heart this morning friends don't be in a hurry Respond to him, I can hear my Savior. I can hear my Savior. Is that you today? Is that you, young person? You hear him calling you. You heard him in the word today. I can hear my Savior calling. Oh, do you hear his voice? I can hear my Savior calling. Take thy cross, take thy cross and follow, follow me. I like these last two verses. I'll go with him to the judgment. I'll go with him to the judgment yes Lord God are you willing I'll go with are you willing today to the judgment oh I'll go with I'll go with you everywhere Lord that'll include the judgment oh God Oh, there, Lord, to be to be receiving abstracting. I'll go with Him. Oh, with Him, no matter what it is, all the way. I love this now. Last verse. He will give me grace and glory. He will give. Come on, lift it up now. Me grace and glory. Anybody want prayer today? I'll be happy to pray with your friends. And glory. Hallelujah. Maybe you need a rededication to the Lord. Maybe you need to know Him for the first time. Don't wait. Don't pass an opportunity. And glory. He sent this word here today. Oh, and go with me. Oh, with me. Oh. While we wait just a little bit now, where he leads me, I'll follow. Lift it up now. Where he leads me, I'll Maybe you've had a hard time trusting him in that trial. Where he leads. You need strength today. Maybe you've stepped out of the way and you need forgiveness today. Maybe your faith is at a low level and you need a charge from the Holy Ghost. Where He leads me, 
today the Lord will give you that courage you need where he leads me I'll follow let's sing it again brother Anthony church all to Jesus I surrender I surrender all all that might be too low to Jesus I surrender that might be right to him I freely you like to sing that just before you go I will Let that be a testimony. Oh, let him hear you singing that, friends, right before you head out there into Satan's Eden again. Lift those voices to him. Oh, I surrender Oh. 
Don't you love him today? Is he everything to you? Come on, let's worship him. Oh, he's worthy of this now. Oh, we're not just killing time. He's worthy. My rest is complete while I sit at your feet, sweet spirit, sweet boy. Bless you, saints. Spirit, Have a wonderful day. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you. My soul. Sing it, Brother Anthony. Oh, sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul.
at your feet, sweet spirit, sweep over my understand the 
road I'm traveling down No more wandering wavering. I'm standing on solid ground And now I know I'm headed to my future home The voice I hear is yours alone Every day I live Lord, I love you more More than I surrender More than I surrender The lighter my load More than I release my cares The more he takes control The more that I can humble myself The more he lifts me I had on yesterday are mere stepping stones to a higher place. The trials that seem so awesome to me are now my banners of victory. And I know I'm headed to my future home. Oh, the voice I hear is yours alone every day And never